Hey, my name's Ruben, the lead pastor here at Crossroads Church. Welcome to our podcast, where you can catch up on all the messages that you might have missed, or you might want to hear again. We hope you enjoy this message. We hope it challenges you. We hope it encourages you. And we hope ultimately that it would draw you closer to Jesus. Enjoy. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and domain in every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Lord, as we get ready to get into your word today, um, I just thank you that we are coming before a powerful God. And that as we seek wisdom and understanding in the things that Paul has put before us, we can be confident that you are a God who can provide them. That you had the power to raise Jesus from the dead and that you have given everything to him, Lord. And that we are his church. He has specific interest in investing in us. And so as we come this morning, Lord, to, to seek you and spend time in your word, we just pray that you would be with us that you would use these words to guide us, teach us, mold us, and shape us, Lord, and that you would just be present. We love you, but we thank you that you love us. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Amen. You can grab a seat. For this reason, as mentioned last Sunday, throughout Ephesians, which is the book we're making our way through at the moment, we will find Paul using this phrase, time and time again. And it's the reason we gave this series the title that it has. And this is the first time we see Paul using this phrase, for this reason. So, for what reason? Well, in our passage last week, Paul kicked off his letter to the Ephesians by acknowledging the inheritance Christ has given us. He said that in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We have been forgiven, we have been redeemed by Jesus. And Reuben Ali pastor, he put it like this, he said that we are chosen by the Father, redeemed by the Son, and sealed by the Spirit. And the Ephesians had really grasped this concept. They had faith in God and were loving others as a result, and so for that reason Paul is so stoked. He is so excited for them. He continuously gives thanks to God for the Ephesians. He's basically saying, you really get this thing. You really understand it, Ephesians. You understand what faith is all about. And for that reason, I continuously give thanks and I pray for you. And so the reason, 
as stated last week, is the gospel. The reason is the good news of Jesus. And because of the good news of Jesus, the lives of the Ephesians had been changed. It had been greatly affected. And the same should be true for all of us. Because of the good news of Jesus, today, this morning, we seek and pray for wisdom and understanding. It's what Paul wanted for the Ephesians, and he prays it over them. He prays that for them, and it's what we want also. And then I just want to take a moment to consider and acknowledge how powerful and important it is to be praying for our church community. Paul says that he has not stopped giving thanks for the Ephesians and remembering them in his prayers. And this is in the Bible, so we can be confident Paul wasn't just saying, hey, I'll pray for you, and then proceeding to not do that at all, like many of us probably have found ourselves doing at times, but that he actually was genuinely lifting them up in prayer regularly. And I am confident Paul's continual prayer for the Ephesians played a big role in the overall thriving of faith in the Ephesian community because prayer is so powerful. So um, I don't know if you are in the habit of regularly praying for our community here at Crossroads, but I really encourage you to start that habit in your prayer life if you don't already. In fact, there is a group who meet here at Crossroads every Monday morning to pray for our church community, and I have no doubt that that group has played a huge role in the spiritual health of this place. In fact, I would have a sense of concern if that prayer group ceased to meet and pray. That's how significant I believe the prayer group is to the life of this community. So to all of you who are in that prayer group, uh, thank you so much. What you do really matters, and we really appreciate it. But all of us, whether we can be a part of that group or not, can be regularly praying for this community, and it is so significant when we do. Even when we began uh, Kingdom Nights a couple years ago as prayer meetings, uh, I felt an immediate difference around this place. As we gathered together and prayed over various aspects of life in our church, it felt like time and time again, God answered those prayers and positive impacts were made for the kingdom of God. Even during a global pandemic, it felt like there was an increase in the ways that God was working and moving in this place. And I attribute a lot of that to us intentionally gathering together to pray. So if you can come along to the next Kingdom Night, as Jake said in the video, is on the 6th of June, I really encourage you to come. They are a powerful uh, part in the life of our church. But regardless of whether or not you're able to be a part of the Monday morning prayer group or come along to Kingdom Nights, as individuals, let's all be praying for our church community, praying for Crossroads. And to start with, it could be just praying the same words of Paul, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we might know him better and pray that the eyes of our hearts may be enlightened in order that we may know the hope which he has called us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Which, that may not be the way that you would word it, but it can be something as simple as, God, give us wisdom and understanding to know you even better than we know you now. And what an incredible prayer to be praying, right? Paul kicks off our passage today by saying, I give thanks to God for your faith and love. You guys really get what being a Christian is all about, but I pray that you would know and understand it even more than you know it right now. 
Isn't it such an awesome prayer? I just want you to know Jesus more. I want you to grasp the hope you've come to know even better than you do right now. I want your life to be flooded by the light of the hope you have. There is so much more to this faith journey up ahead, and I'm just so keen for you to continue on it. What an encouragement. What an encouragement. You guys get it, but I just want you to know it even more. You know, believing that Jesus gave his perfect life for you so that you can have a personal relationship with God is the best decision that you will ever make. And it's something worth celebrating. It's something worth getting excited about. And if that is a decision you would like to make or know more about, then come see us down at the front after the service. And we would love to tell you more. We would love to pray with you and walk alongside you. But the really exciting thing about making that decision is that it is only the beginning of the journey. There is plenty more opportunity to learn and grow, to be challenged, and so much more over the course of your life. Once you believe that Jesus is Lord, you don't then just have to wait to go be with him one day or for him to come back. We have a lifetime to get to know him more and become more like him. And that's what Paul wants for the Ephesians. He's in their corner. He's their hype man, encouraging them in their pursuit of Jesus. You know God, you love God, and you're loving other people. And that is so awesome. And I am so thankful to God for that. And so I'm praying you'll continue on that journey, that you'll get to know him even more than you do now, and that you'd understand the hope you have in Jesus even more than you do right now. You know, if it's this special right now, imagine how it would be if you knew it even better. And so Paul, he prays this over the Ephesians. And I think it's a great thing for us to be praying over our community. I mean, I I personally really love this concept of of spiritual wisdom and revelation uh, because I I love to learn. Uh, Most nights I spend a bit of time before bed watching YouTube videos, and they're mostly made up of TED Talks and mini documentaries and reviews. Uh, And to my wife, Tamara, um, they're not very relaxing and exciting at all, but um, I really appreciate her watching them with me. Last night, I watched a 40-minute video on metamodernism in movie and and cinema, and um, I'm sure it was not interesting to her at all, but she watched it with me, and I I appreciate that. Um, But I just love, I love to learn, and I love watching videos like that, and any books I read, and most podcasts I listen to, not all, but most are for the purpose of learning and equipping. But the reason I love this concept of spiritual wisdom and revelation is because it's a totally different kind of learning. And I'm not fascinated with wisdom and revelation because I would consider myself to be some sort of wisdom guru or expert or anything like that. But truthfully, I'm fascinated with wisdom and revelation out of necessity. You see, when I started Bible college, uh, I was 17. I had literally just had my 17th birthday, and then I moved overseas to the States to begin studying. And just prior to that, before God met with me and turned my life around, I had been living a, a reckless and immature life. And so I rock up to seminary, by far the youngest student. I was even still the youngest student when I was a second year. And I was in another country with another culture, so I'm already at a disadvantage because I need to learn that too. And I've never really had to budget or make any significant financial decisions up until this point because I've been living at home and in high school. And I immediately recognized that I am way out of my depth in terms of my own capability, maturity, and understanding. Right off the bat, um, there's a few things I would say and do that made clear to me, I am not up to scratch. I'm not ready. I was excited to be there and confident that God had called me to be there, but in my own strength, I was ill-equipped. 
And so I quickly realized, man, I'm going to need some major help if I'm going to pull this off and make it through this. But at the same time, I was reading through the entirety of the Bible for the first time, and I arrived at the wisdom books, and, and I realized, this is what I need. This is what I need. There's no way for me to gain the years of experience I need in the amount of time I need it. I can't read the amount of books I would need to know what I feel I already need to know. I can't undo the years that I've already wasted. But this wisdom thing seems different. It seems like something God is willing to just give. And so, God, I ask that you would give it to me. And as a young 17-year-old first-year seminary student, I would pray for this regularly. And God was so gracious in responding and teaching me so much in that time. I felt that by the end of my first year of seminary, uh, what my life looked like was very drastically different to the year prior. And it just felt like he'd shown me so much more than what was capable in 12 months. And, and by saying that, I'm not claiming that I was then seen as some sort of incredibly wise person or anything like that. Now, God just gave me what I needed to keep up with my classmates who had had more time and experience than me. You know, at the start of that first year, I had very poor time management, and I was staying up to ridiculous times in the night to get assignments done. Uh, I was buying a bunch of stuff I, I didn't really need, and then realizing, oh man, I don't have much money to get me through the rest of the week. Most of what I had to share about the Bible was stuff I had heard other people say rather than checking it for myself. My humor was inappropriate. My attitude was arrogant. And so I just needed wisdom to be a functional adult beyond my current experience and ability. And I feel by my second year, God had really helped me in those areas, and I attribute all of that to him. But the reality is that I'm now only 28. And I recognize that it is unusual for someone of my age to get the leadership responsibilities and opportunities I get. And so I'm still seeking wisdom out of necessity because I would be way out of my depth without it. And again, not to be known as some sort of wise guy, but to be equipped with what I need to keep up with the opportunities and responsibilities I count as a privilege to have. And so I love the concepts of wisdom and revelation, and I continue to seek them. But before we dive deeper into what they are, how would you define wisdom and revelation? Let's just stop for a moment, have a discussion with the person next to you. How would you define those things? When you think of wisdom, when you think of revelation, how do you understand them? So have a chat with the person next to you, and then we'll come back together in a moment. Awesome. Sounds like some great conversation. You see, uh, something you might have said, wisdom is often defined as having knowledge and knowing how to apply it. Because it is possible to be incredibly smart and know a lot of things, but not be very good at applying it in your day-to-day -day life. And so wisdom is usually used to distinguish the difference between having knowledge and the application of knowledge. In Revelation, it sounds very grand and mysterious, but in reality, in this passage, all Paul means is that you would know something that you didn't know before. So in this context, it's not really about God revealing something that totally new that no one has ever known or heard before, but that God is revealing something new to you. That as you get to know God more, you are learning and understanding things you didn't understand or know Prior. And so some translations interpret it as revelation in the knowledge of him, or wisdom and insight, and others use understanding. And I believe that's a fairly good definition for revelation, but I don't actually know if that is a good definition of wisdom. At least it's only the definition of an aspect of wisdom, in my opinion. 
Because there is an aspect of wisdom where if I increase my knowledge, learn some stuff, and then figure out how to put it into practice, I could be considered wise. Or as time goes on and I gain more experience, I gain wisdom as I learn from my experiences. But I would refer to that as general wisdom. And I don't know if that is a phrase someone else has used before. I'm sure it's likely. But that's the term I've come up with in my own studies on wisdom. It's the kind of wisdom that everybody is capable of gaining, whether a Christian or not. That if we apply the knowledge we have learned or allow our experiences to help us make better decisions in the future, we have general wisdom. It's more mechanical, it's logical, the kind of wisdom I might find in the videos I watch or the podcasts I listen to or the books I read. But when I study the scriptures, I also find another kind of wisdom that is different to what I just described. A kind of wisdom that comes from God that is not something I get just because I tick boxes in the right order, but is a gift given to us from God that we are encouraged to seek. And based on our verses today, I call this kind of wisdom spiritual wisdom. It's the kind of wisdom I was seeking in seminary beyond my ability to apply knowledge and have experience, but wisdom straight from God. And usually when spiritual wisdom is spoken about in the Bible, it's framed differently. And so let me just share a few verses with you. Proverbs puts it like this. It says, Out in the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. How long will you who are simple love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? Repent at my rebuke. Then I will pour out my thoughts to you, and I will make known to you my teachings." And places in the New Testament, like James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Again, it's not the kind of wisdom that we'll just find in a video or book or podcast, but a wisdom that is poured out from God himself. And it's not the kind of wisdom we need years' worth of experience to receive. It's already there, readily available to us if we seek it. Spiritual wisdom goes beyond being able to make logical and calculated decisions. It's a wisdom that allows us to see the world through the eyes of God and make choices that honor Him. And sometimes it'll likely not be considered wise by the world around us. 1 Corinthians 3.18 says, Do not deceive yourselves if any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age. You should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. And that doesn't mean that uh, general wisdom is then not good. But when it is paired with spiritual wisdom, it is so much better. Because general wisdom is a wisdom that transforms, but spiritual wisdom is a wisdom that transcends. And when those two come together, uh, that is true wisdom. And as I said, I'm sure somebody else has probably already come up uh, with these categories for wisdom before. If not, uh, maybe I'll write something about it one day if somebody doesn't beat me to it. But the spiritual wisdom I've just described, I believe, is what Paul is praying the Ephesians would receive in our passage today. Because when you think about it, if you are a follower of Jesus, um, then that experience of becoming a follower of him is more than a mechanical, logical, calculated decision. Right? Faith is involved, which is a complete trust or confidence in a God who we don't always understand and we can't always see. 
But when we take that leap and believe that Jesus is Lord of our lives, we begin to see the world through the eyes of God and make choices that honor him, even if our life looked drastically different just moments ago. And Paul, he hears of the faith of the Ephesians, and he prays that they would receive a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that they would see the world through the eyes of God even greater than they did in that moment. And you might be thinking, you know, cool, Isaac, um, but why are you making such a big deal about this? This passage has a whole bunch in it. The wis- you know, praying for wisdom and, and revelation is just one part of it. You know, Paul prayed that they would receive wisdom and, and, you know, we can pray for that too. But there's a lot of things we could be praying for. So, you know, yeah, I might pray for that sometimes, uh, but it's probably not that big of a deal. But I think it's important. I think it's a big deal because when I read the Bible and I read passages like the one we read in Proverbs or the one we read in James chapter 1, man, spiritual wisdom is readily available. It's readily available. Like God is so keen for you to have it. If you just ask for it, he will give it. So why would we not ask for it regularly and ask for more and more? Imagine the positive impact on this community if all of us were regularly praying for spiritual wisdom for ourselves and for each other. Imagine the impact on Palmerston North. Imagine the impact on the kingdom of God. And all we have to do is ask. Anytime it's talked about, that's all. the only requirement is that you ask for it and you will receive it. So let's get asking. It's a simple thing that could drastically change the lives of our community. The good news of Jesus has changed our lives. And for that reason, we seek wisdom and understanding of God that is readily available to us. Let's be doing that. Let's be doing that. It's what Paul wanted for the Ephesians. And I would believe it would be nothing but good for us to ask for it as well. But I believe that there is also another reason why uh, it's important for us to be asking for spiritual wisdom. Because I believe there is another fundamental difference between general wisdom and spiritual wisdom. I have found that in my experience, if I neglect seeking spiritual wisdom, I start to lose it. I start to lose it. When it comes to general wisdom, I learn a thing, I apply it, and then that thing is often locked in for life or for a long time. But when I stop asking for spiritual wisdom, I find myself saying things that maybe just a couple months prior or a year prior, I wouldn't have said. I start saying immature things. I start saying things I haven't put enough thought into. I start giving bad advice or advice that is laced with my own agenda. And later I'm spending some time in prayer and reflecting and I'm like, why did I say that? Why did I say that? I wouldn't normally say something like that. I feel like I've taken a step backwards in my growth. But then I quickly realize I've stopped intentionally asking for wisdom in my prayers. I've become confident in my own abilities. But the reality is I'm only 28. I have not had the years of experience. And and so any spiritual wisdom I have is directly from the Lord. It's not mine. And if I'm not seeking it, I begin reverting back to who I would be without it. If I am living like the man that God has called me to be, then it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that is within me. It's not of my own doing. And so let's be seeking spiritual wisdom from God so that we can be all he intended us to be. That his wisdom would fill the gaps where we fall short, would lift us to places we could not be of our own accord, and give us understanding to know the hope we have in Jesus that has already been revealed to us even better than we know it right now. 
God, give us wisdom and understanding to know you even better than we know you now. Maybe you want to make that a phrase that you start praying each day or just regularly, but let's be praying for wisdom and revelation and and make that a regular part of our prayer lives. I guarantee it will make a difference. I guarantee it. I, I believe what the scriptures say, and they say if we ask, we will receive. And so we ask for that, and God gives it to us. It doesn't mean that life will be easier, but as individuals, the choices we make, the advice we give, the words we say will begin to become healthier, and so will our church community. From my own personal experience on this journey and the verses on the subject in the Bible, I truly believe that. Because the one that we are asking is the one who had power to raise Christ from the dead and gave him power and authority over all things. And we, who are his church body, belong to him, right? And so, as I said at the beginning, he has direct interest in investing in us. His wisdom is freely and readily available to us. We just have to ask for it. And Jesus is the reason for it. And all that this series is going to teach us on how to live as Christians, the good news of Jesus is the catalyst and center of it all. It's because of the Ephesians' grasp on the good news of Jesus that Paul gives thanks and praise for the Ephesians. And it's where Paul goes right back to in these final verses, right? He starts there um, at the beginning of our chapter last week. He's there again. He just keeps going back there again and again. It's because of Jesus that we ask for these things. It's because of Jesus we consider these things. That's what uh, we're all about. I mean, I really love how clearly the message version puts this. It says, But I do more than thank. I ask the God of our Master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning and knowing him personally. Your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of his glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him. Endless energy, boundless strength. All this energy issues from Christ. God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven, in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. And not just for the time being, but forever. He is in charge of it all, has the final word on everything. And at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fills everything with his presence. Jesus Christ is directly interested in us and investing in us. And one of the ways he does that is by blessing us with his wisdom and understanding when we seek it and ask for it. And so as we get ready... To wrap up this morning, while we are in the early stages of this series, I just want to make clear that not a lot of this series will be very applicable without Jesus as your personal Savior. He is the reason we seek wisdom 
and understanding. And he is the source of those things. And as we explore topics in the weeks to come, such as having life through Christ, being one people, being a part of God's plan, growing spiritually in unity, being like Christ, living holy lives, how our families operate and stand strong in faith, Jesus and the good news that he died and resurrected so we can have a relationship with God and spend eternity with him is the source of all of those things. And so I just want to put the call out now. Why not today be that day? Where Romans 10 puts it that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Today can be the day where you believe that to be true for yourself. Where maybe you let go of the mechanical and the calculated for just a moment and do something that may seem foolish to the world and believe that Jesus is who he said he is, that he's the son of God and give your life to following him. This series through the book of Ephesians is gonna make a whole lot more sense if you do, because you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit and he will be the one giving you the strength and ability to do and receive all the things that we explore through the rest of the book of Ephesians. He is the one that will give you wisdom. He is the one who will give you understanding. And it's when we place our faith in him and ask for that, he then does that. And so now as we enter into a time of worship, that is a prayer that you can pray right there, Romans 10. If you're already a follower of Jesus, you may just want to use this time in worship to pray, God, give us wisdom and understanding to know you even better than we know you right now. But if you don't know Jesus as your Savior and you'd like one of us in leadership to um, down the front to pray with you, to talk to you more about that, then come on down. That's exactly what we'll do. But how about we finish with this? How about we all stand together? And I would just ask as you stand that you would just close your eyes, bow your head. And if that is a prayer that you would like to pray, but you aren't sure what words to say, you are welcome to repeat this prayer after me. Say this, it says, God, forgive me of all my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me and rose again so I can live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I can know you, serve you, and follow you the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today, I give it to you. Thank you for new life. And in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. And if that is a prayer you have prayed, then man, we want to support you. We want to encourage you. We want to walk alongside you on that journey. We want to celebrate with you. So again, I'm going to be down the front here. Some of our other leaders will be down the front. We would love to just celebrate with you, pray over you. Or if you'd just like to know a bit more before you make this decision, come and chat to us. It'll be the best decision of your life. And we're going to now spend some time celebrating. We're going to spend some time worshiping and praising God. We're going to spend some time just asking Him that He would give us wisdom and understanding so we can know Him even more than we know Him now. So let's do that together. Thanks for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you'd like any more information on our church, how to give, or maybe after today's message you'd like to talk to someone, you can find out everything you need to know on our website, which is crossroads.co.nz. Make sure you click subscribe on this podcast so you don't miss out on new content. Thanks for stopping by.